0: Hey, security peeps, we are live with another edition of Breaking into Cybersecurity. I am Renee Small, cybersecurity super recruiter, helping awesome leaders hire great talent. It is CISO Thursdays, and we have some awesome people here today. I will go around the horn. Uh, Let's start with Aaron. Aaron.
1: Hey, everyone. Aaron Sari here, I'm vice president of Cloud One Conformity at Trend Micro, I'm longtime InfoSec professional, and uh, happy to be here.
0: Happy to have you. And Aaron just, he pinged me like, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes ago. And said, <laughs> hey, Renee, I need your help. I'm like, you want to hop on right now? <laughs> here he is. <laughs>
1: hey.
0: Awesome sauce. James Azar, the man of the hour.
2: Good morning. Happy Thursday. It's Thursday. It's January 14th. And it's a great day, it's a great day.
0: It's an awesome day. We have such good news. We have some spice happening behind the scenes. So can't wait <laughs> to get this started. Dr. Dan, my dear Dr. Dan is here. He's with me on Mondays and now on Thursdays too.
3: Uh, Dr. Dan Schaefer, Peak Performance Strategies, uh, business and sports psychologist. I apply, uh, bring psychology into the workplace. Uh, I look for what's missing and I help people sell mistakes and uh, I, I think it's a uh, you know it, it's giving people a competitive edge very very quickly in an in a environment where slow doesn't work anymore
0: hmm. slow has never
2: worked it never worked slow anymore. never worked ever <laughs> I mean even when the Ford Model T came out it was so slow <laughs> that people like started messing with the carburetors to make them go fast <laughs>
3: Are you saying that because you think I was there at that time? I don't know.
2: (laughs) I wasn't going to say anything, but since you brought it up, what was it like?
3: Well, what You know, Renee and I were talking about, I have clients now who are going into their Rolodex. And she says, what? what? What's a Rolodex?
0: What's a Rolodex?
2: <laughs> it's a little right? spinny thing on your table.
0: I said, Dan, there's people out here that don't even know what that means.
3: I said to Renee, I said, you know, when somebody's looking to build a cybersecurity team, do they go to the yellow pages? She says, Don't say that. People on these calls don't know what the yellow pages are.
2: No, not at all. I,
3: I, still, I still communicate with smoke signals and I get my mail delivered by the Pony Express. So.
2: I'll tell you what yellow pages are used for today, Dr. Dan to uh, bulletproof your car yeah. without having to spend all the
1: money. Yep, put it in your, insulate your walls with it, and all yeah. the pages stop the projectile. Yeah,
2: exactly.
0: <laughs> oh, my goodness. This is so much fun. So we are going to start off. First, some people here. Uh, this is Chris Van Gorder. He says, yay, Cecil Thursday is my favorite good day. Good morning. Good morning to Ahmed. Good morning to Jade. Jade is looking for a position. So I've been telling people about, let's kick it off, James, by talking the about- the
2: good news. Let's, let's kick it off with good great news. Great news. Go for it. So um, I'm, I'm doing my live stream this morning, right? And, and thank you, Renee, for jumping on my live stream, by the way. It was so nice to have you there. And right when I finish, I get this message. And, and, and for those who don't know, my big mouth two weeks ago started this InfoSec Hires Challenge, getting 10 people jobs in the month of January through LinkedIn, breaking down the barriers. Everyone says, it's so hard for me to get noticed. It's so hard for me to clear the ATS. So we said, put a paragraph on linkedin tag me tag renee tag aaron now so aaron can start to see all those tags as well tag dr dan tag naomi who's not with us today tag chris who's recovering from the china virus tag them all right and um and and put it on linkedin and we'll all share it and it's the power of our network right boom 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 everyone sees it everyone shares it so we've been helping people with cv so this morning naomi and i get a message And it's from someone who who we've been working with who just landed a role in leadership in IT. And so that's three down, seven to go. Hopefully with Aaron today, we can get a few more people because cyber is beyond pen testers and analysts. It's also sales and marketing. And we've talked about that before. And so, um, you know, people who are looking to break into infosec need to realize there's all we need everyone in InfoSec, right? We need good HR people like Renee who understand cyber and understand people, so that they can bridge the gap between what a technology person wants and what a human being is,
0: right?
2: Right. And we need salespeople who know how to speak and and not just you know send automated messages. Which is why I have a J in my name in LinkedIn, right? Because I can tell the difference between an automated message and a non automated message, right? So like. We need all those great people, and so let's let's get people work because one job, and I want to say this, and I'll stop my monologue, all right? One job, I don't think people understand what one job to one person in a family means to a family, means to a person, means to an individual, what it means not only from a financial perspective, but also from a confidence perspective, from a lifestyle perspective, from just a general outlook at
3: life. Amen.
0: Life changing, you are absolutely right, James. So, I am so 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 very excited to uh to share that, you know. Um, next up, Aaron is here not because he just loves us all, but because he, well, oh, I do, Hang on, I do. That too, that, too, <laughs> that too, not right. only because,
1: <laughs> right,
0: right. but here because he has opportunities to share, he has um, a lot of things going on. We've been connecting back and forth for probably a couple months, six months or so now, maybe even longer than that. Yeah. Um, and had the opportunity to jump, jump on here today because I do want us to, although we have people, and I think James talks about this on his news brief this morning, which everybody should be listening to James's news brief. Get your cybersecurity news immediately. It's awesome. It's quick. It's to the point. It's 9 a.m. every day, right, James?
2: Monday through Thursdays.
0: Monday through Thursdays. So, you know, the, the early part of the week, Monday through is Thursday. your Friday. Get your news. Um, so... He shared, and I was thinking about this too, he talked about um, not only, you know, if you have a job, hashtag InfoSec hires, if if you're a person looking, InfoSec hires, and then if you have a job, hashtag InfoSec hires. So Aaron is hiring. So Aaron, take it away. Tell us what, tell folks what you're looking for and the types of skills, the types of people, all that good stuff.
1: Yeah, thanks. So we, as James mentioned earlier, InfoSec just really isn't all about the, the Pen testers, the analysts, the SOC security workers, um, the, the coders, and those sorts of things. Um, there's also a component of people that have to do the relationships in the vendor vendor management um, and the the you know selling. Right, we'll use the verb selling for for uh, solutions out there. So my team, Trend Micro, um, is the cloud team. So we we represent a, a team called Cloud One. And so we deal with DevOps, DevSecOps, DevTriceratops, whatever ops you want to throw out there um, when it comes to dev, just, just has dev as a prefix and then anything else ops uh, is what we deal with. And so what, the team that we're looking to build is a team of people that are cloud-versed and um, cloud-competent, as well as security-versed and security-competent. And that's, that's a unique skill set. Right, uh, And the reason that we're doing that is because we want to be empathetic to our customers and our prospects. I, I think gone are the days where it's somebody that, that could you know, simply just take a, a cell phone and sell it to you sort of thing. And then they moved up to pharmaceutical sales and then they moved over to you know, technology sales or something like that now, and specifically what I'm trying to do, is build the team of people that have had experience. Uh, My background is actually from being a buyer and a technologist in a financial services uh, organization, where I was the guy doing the hands-on keyboard and typing and peer code reviews and pen tests and uh, static and dynamic code analysis and all that sort of stuff. And when I talked to somebody, or when I spoke to somebody that had the empathy and knew what I, the problems that I faced and knew the, the the issues that I was trying to solve, that built an instant rapport and also built trust between myself and and this person who was representing a product or selling a solution to me. And that's kind of the team that I want to build—a um, th- team of selling professionals that can be empathetic towards the the. The opportunities and the problems that our customers are facing, and the other thing, and James and I, you know, you were going back and forth on this in the green room, was you know diversity of thought, right? Having people that are able to speak differently and think differently than everyone else. I don't want a team of just everyone that's thinking and, and acting the same. At times, that diversity of thought comes from diversity of background and diversity of economics and diversity of um, you know. Uh, ethnics, um, but regardless, I'm looking to build a team that that has diversity. I don't know how long I was supposed to go for, by the way. Um, I could go another five minutes, but I'll stop preaching here and just say, like you know, a team that's empathetic and a team that has that sort of diversity that 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 speaks towards diversity of thought and the diversity in the way that they act um, is is what we're looking for.
0: That's awesome. Are there any specific? Um... You know skill sets, or how can they reach out to you? All
1: yeah, that kind of- yeah. Specifically, so I, I mentioned you know cloud and AWS. Um, one of the things that we're looking for, which is again rare, right? And I'm not trying to, you know, find a needle in a stack of needles here, but I, I, I understand that I'm refining things pretty pretty well. Is you know sales professionals that have like AWS certification, not not, you know, architects or, or developers, but, you know, kind of the base level cloud certifications that come from a GCP, a Microsoft Azure, or uh, AWS. Uh, and when I see that, uh, you know, I know that I'm going to talk to somebody that can at least speak the same language as as the buyers with whom we're working or, or dealing with, um, because it's just such a specific and, and unique code set, I'm sorry, um, set of, of activities and actions that they do. Um, so... Um, that's one thing in particular that we're looking for is kind of that base level cloud certification uh, as a seller, right? So taking a technology certification and applying it to uh, you know kind of a sales role, which is what I was getting at with the um, you know the non traditional sort of sales tech role.
0: Right. So Lily, I think I think you already answered her question. Can you talk more about sales and marketing in cyber? Um, your role is more of sales though, right? Not heavy on
1: the market. Yeah, I work I work very closely with our, Our we have a, a global marketing team as well as a product marketing team. So Trend is a large organization, you know, 8,000 people publicly traded in, in Japan or on, on the Nikkei index. So, you know, n- not a smaller shop. So we have departments um, that, that do and handle things, but I work hand in hand almost, I would say multiple times a day with our product marketing and our field marketing teams. Um, so mm-hmm. there's a lot that goes to sales partnering with marketing um, specifically as it relates to, to cybersecurity, because honestly, if you, if you look, there's no shortage of events, emails, invites, LinkedIn connect requests,
0: right. you know, Hey, I'm,
1: i you know, I've got magic Johnson speaking at our, at our so-and-so virtual conference, you should come. Or, hey, I've got, you know, Bloomer Esiason. And and these are real examples, like our our customers, some of my peers, some of my friends who are in this field get inundated with poorly formed, you know, opportunistic requests that that come, and it's imperative to partner with your marketing team to provide value, right? Not just provide something that's like, you know, hey, you get a free, you know, cup holder or, or beer koozie. If you if you sign up for this webinar, great. But is that really bringing the right person to your webinar? Hey, you get to listen to Magic Johnson talk. Sure, fantastic. But is that bringing the right person to your webinar? Bring some value in your marketing, um, specifically in cyber, because there's so many vendors and so many so much noise that's out there. Bring some value that's in your marketing, and then you can you can uh, present
3: much much better. I'm loving this conversation. <laughs> uh, good. yeah, good Aaron I had this conversation 15 years ago with uh, with uh, um, Hewlett Packard executives when they were merging with Compaq and the challenges they were facing in marketing all over the place um, I, I look at um, I did two talks this morning on shelf space Yeah uh, you can't sell anything until you create shelf space and how do you do that? And how do you take new people who are being mentored right up through an organization into figuring how to bring the psychology of the workplace into in selling what they do? And, and I think that it's a uh, it's something that people are looking for. But I also like the fact that Renee and I have talked a lot about competency models. We had a competency model, which I'd be happy to send to you, that, that said to somebody who was a senior executive right under Carly Fiorina, what they felt the major competencies were in that organization. And they, we would say to people, here's the competency model. What do you do well? What do you, what do you need improvement? And how can we coach you on that very quickly to get you up to speed? And these were people who were running countries, you know, running divisions of countries. And so, so it was having somebody who's got this whole tech mentality to realize there's something else that they're doing that they need to be doing that can help them move their product forward interesting stuff
2: yeah I, I like what aaron brought up with the idea of diversity of thought when it comes to we were having that debate in the green room before and and one way to highlight diversity of thought and something that came out of last week's live show that we do here on Cisco thursdays was the idea of allowing people who are looking for a job to do a two-minute video kind of introduction to themselves because i think that's On a piece of paper, people are trying to beat the ATS. That's why we're doing InfoSec hires. But on a video, there's no ATS. There's me watching two minutes, right? So the way you present it, your background, what you're wearing, the words you say, how you do it, do you, you know, I I don't know. I think that shows diversity of thought, right? A a very interesting, fascinating two-minute video um, would probably be worth so much more than a well-written two-page piece of paper to get someone's attention. And I don't know if you saw that. Someone was um, a a video game developer. Um, I saw this uh, yesterday. Has been pinging Elon Musk for a year. I saw that. Trying to get his attention to be able to use the SpaceX logo and some of that stuff for a video game he's developing and he said, I'm going to keep pinging you every single day for the next year until you answer. And I think day 157, Elon yeah, Musk answered him and said, That's fine. You can use our logo. We probably won't sue you. And I was like, The probably part is what I'm worried about. <laughs> so he's probably not going to see you as long as you're small and little. But if you make, like, you know, if you become like a, a, like a Fortnite or something, he they, they might come after you for some <laughs> royalties for using the SpaceX logo.
0: Totally. And you know what it showed, James? It showed like the persistence and people were commenting saying, you know, wow, look at, because, because right after that, then all these other people jumped in with like similar comments. I was reading the tweets um, and they were like, oh, I'll do it too. I'll do it too. But it's not the same as this person who was consistent and he, he, you know, pinged him every single day. um, And then Elon just responded right to him. So, I'm all for having, um, you know, Chris and I have been talking about this for two years, diversity of thought. You know, that's how we all got into cyber ourselves. Um, and there's a couple of good comments coming through here. So Tyrone is excited for us. Dr. Dan, love that story, James. That's my everyday Dan, Dr. Dan loving this live
3: Hey, Tyrone. You know, I, uh, James, I think your, your concept of the videos is important, but I see so many people who will do the video and not prepare. What do hmm. I say? What language do I use? How do I present myself? Hmm. Uh, how in the, uh, as a matter of fact, how in the six seconds that I have to get somebody's attention, do I do that to get that six seconds? I'm doing a program on the 20th. I'll send it to you. You can send it out to anybody who wants to register. It's that it, you only have six seconds. You don't have 30.
0: And we talked about that last week, Dan, when we, when we were doing the resumes and kind of like telling people, hey, this is where you have to capture our attention. You can't, you know, you can't be at the right. bottom page too And I'm finding out, oh, you'd be a good fit for Aaron because I'm already on to the next person. If Aaron has a stack of resumes in front of him, that he's swiping through. So, um I'm curious as to how this all plays out. I froze here. Does everyone see me? Uh, you're okay. See you. You're fine. Uh, okay. You're fine, Renee. Okay, cool. Because I'm frozen on the on the screen. But um, yeah, showing up, showing people how to make that happen. I have put out a challenge probably a, about a year ago or a year and a half ago. And I asked people to kind of give their, their two-minute spiel. And we wanted them to come on live and do it. Uh, but they were very, very, very nervous. So mm-hmm. I'm curious as to what will happen this go round, James, and if they will actually. Well, I mean, it's one, it's one to one. So that was that's a little bit different than um, you know sharing it out for the world to see.
3: Yeah, I've, but I have my- a question. We we were wondering about because uh, I deal a lot about 98 percent of the people I work with are under the radar and never ever talk about working with me. Somebody gets a competitive edge rarely ever gives it away. And I'm wondering how we maintain confidentiality when somebody who's looking to move to another position, uh, who wants to interview, how how we get them to talk to us in this type of a format where uh, they're not identified. They're able to get their questions answered. I mean, certainly they could do it by contacting each one of us individually. But I think on the other hand, is there a way to deal with confidentiality? And how important do you think it is?
2: So, so the idea of confidentiality, Dr. Dan, is very interesting because there's an aspect to it that's, um, I want to say, you know, where if people felt a little bit more in a perfect world, you shouldn't have a problem going to your boss and saying, hey, I love working here, but I'm also looking at other opportunities. Just wanted to let you know. Right. And you go out there and you do that. And I think with some leaders, that's possible. And with others, it's really not. And I think uh, the, the people where that's possible with is is the real minority of leadership. Absolutely. So, so you, you put your video, you make a private link. So only people that have access to that link can get it. Right? I mean, I implemented this with our uh, team on Monday where I said, you know, we want to see videos from our applicants. We no longer want to just rely on ATS. So we want to see a video and, and what do we look for in videos? And we're still trying to build a system of how do we even evaluate what's a good video and what's a bad video. But you know, it's like meeting someone, right? I can see Aaron and we can be at a, at a conference and we can shake hands and we can automatically just from our exchange, realize, you know, I want to work with this person or not because our our impression of people is quick. It's your first impression. That's all you get. One impression, one shot, that's all. And so people putting out these videos helps you really break down some of these barriers because I mean, think about it in the U S in the U S what's very interesting is our CVs are very blank of personal information, but as someone who's worked abroad, every CV I got, Everywhere I worked abroad has a picture, a date of birth, marital status, uh, whether or not the person has a vehicle. Um, It's the kind of stuff where you, Dr. Dan and Aaron laughs, but it's, you know, like it's true. And everywhere else in the world, right, like in Europe, you can't apply for a job without having your picture on a CV and your marital status on there. Wow.
3: Yeah, it's I mean, so organization, you know, up, there's an organization up here uh, called Video Socials. Right,
2: and, you brought it up last week.
3: Yeah, and, you know, it's a, it's a way that people can go online with a small group of people and they get a chance to do a, a short video and the people on the call uh, evaluate their performance and they help them with the videos. And then if, it's, if everybody says, gee, it's a good video, post it, you can post it. So it's it's a way for people not to have to uh uh not to have to do it on their own or gamble and they get and they get advice. So if, if anybody likes that contact, I'd be happy to make that for anybody who's interested. Hmm. But it's uh but it's a good system. I know the guy who runs the company, so brilliant.
0: I am back. Can you hear me?
3: Yep. yep.
2: Perfectly. And you're not frozen on the screen anymore. And
0: I'm I'm not frozen. <laughs> <laughs> As of right now, my laptop just completely shut down. I'm like, oh. So there were some comments that I want to, I mean, I because I uh, because my laptop shut down, they're not here, but I want to shout out people um, in some comments here. Chris Van Border had said, good news. Eric was like, good morning. Um, Ahmed, Terrence, people were commenting because they want to make sure that everyone knows. Aaron, I'm going to make sure that we put your, the link to, to you and to your job and tag Thank you it. and everything else in there. Um, Chris said that he was a finance and personnel in the Army and transitioned to tech support, service assurance, and now PKI and cryptography. So, again, talking about how, um, you know, bringing in that various expertise yeah. and the diversity of thought. Right. Yeah. Um, so, Brent. Hey, Brent. Brent is back.
1: Here. There are a couple of comments about um, certifications being like gatekeepy or, or expensive, right? To get,
0: yeah. um,
1: you know, I I'd, I'd say that that with respect, you know, to everybody's financial situations, um, you know, having a balance, finding the right balance for what works for you and what you can afford um, is is good. I, I, as a hiring manager, I see the value in certifications because it gives me a baseline of what your competency is. But I can—I don't necessarily see that and think, oh, great, you're perfect. Those are the only things that I'm looking for. Um, There are obviously skills that go beyond that. And then on the other side of that is when I'm looking at resumes and evaluating people, I don't necessarily immediately throw it out when I don't see a certification that I'm looking for, right? Because if I see the history and if I see the capabilities, um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll certainly have the conversation.
2: Yeah, I think yeah. like, go, go ahead, ahead, Renee. No, go, no ahead. go ahead. The whole idea of certs and technical capabilities that goes to the diversity of thought discussion, which is if you've got the soft skill and the diversity background uh, to join the team, just because you don't have the cert doesn't eliminate you. Um, I think the challenge that we see from everyone here talking about the certs as a necessary evil or, or being kind of a gatekeeper is, in most ATS systems, if you don't have the certs, you won't even hit Aaron's desk. You won't okay. hit my desk. Right. So again, it goes back to kind of my concept of if people did, just did videos and <laughs> sent them and, and you got to see their soft skills in, you know, a few minutes, um, you'd be able to identify, you go, well, this person doesn't necessarily have all the technical skills, but he's definitely got the diversity of thought and a background that I'm really interested in. And I can always teach him the technical stuff, right? Like we can always put him and 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 enlist them in a class. And most companies have an education and a training budget. So you can put them in and 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 have them get that technical experience because they bring a different aspect to it. And, and I think that's really important. Because when we talk about sales and marketing in cyber, we do need a different set of skills and a different diversity of thought than the traditional, uh, you know, snake oil uh, salesman. Mm-hmm.
0: So Brent made a comment here, and I, I I can anticipate this happening because it happened to me. He said a virtual elevator pr- pitch is pretty intimidating, even if you are often at ease during technical or casual conversation with peers. Um and I, I saw that experience. I told people I would help them. That I wanted to put them put them out there, you know, share, use my network, all those various things. And they were very, very nervous. So okay. I I don't know um, if you if it opens if it either opens it up. Like sometimes we you know we're thinking through how to get these things done and how to get more people in, but it could potentially close people if they're so nervous. Um, which is a it's it's almost like a it's a catch twenty two because it, on the other side of that you have to interview and all the interviews now are virtual interviews right. so you know it, it it all goes together so
1: I also feel like especially today obviously by the way it's not it's never a webinar if you don't mention the word pandemic so we have officially become a webinar because I said the word pandemic <laughs> um, with with. People being stuck at home and with so many people doing this, right, on camera, having, having web sessions, web conferences, even just taking a recording or, like, recording a conversation where you're comfortable with somebody and having a discussion and editing that, if you can, um, and editing that really helps, right? Because so many people are doing this sort of interaction every mm-hmm. single day, multiple times a day. It should either help them with that or they can record it. And, you know, use that as their little snippet.
0: Yeah. I like the idea of that. And actually putting something like that on your LinkedIn profile, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So your six second, your little elevator pitch, your virtual elevator pitch, just recording it, practicing, and then putting it on LinkedIn. So people see um, not just a flat, you're three dimensional now. Mm -hmm. So there's a
3: way way that I, I help people to market themselves who speak to large groups of people. Uh, And if uh, you guys have your cell phones, I'll show you how it works. You can get your name and your company into anybody's cell phone, no matter how you want it, and they will come back to you on a consistent basis because they know where you are and they can find you. And it's very simple. I tell people that what I do is I sell mistakes. I help people avoid really, really costly error. That Mm -hmm. immediately blocks the narrative that's going on in somebody's brain about what's happening. Then I say to people, "Take, let me show you how you can get into somebody's phone. So you uh, take, have somebody take their phone out, and I say, open up a new contact, and in the first name section, put business and sports. In the second in the last name section, put the word mistakes. <laughs> After that, put in 917-880-6758, which is my phone number, and under company name, put danschaferphd.com. Then close it up. All I need to do, and I can go to my phone now. I have about 60 people on my phone. If I hit the word mistakes, everybody comes up who sells mistakes. So I said, you don't have to remember my name. You don't have to remember what I do. All you have to know is if you're sitting with somebody who you think is making a mistake and needs to talk to me, just hit mistakes, and I pop up. Mm -hmm. So cybersecurity mistakes, Renee's right in my phone. Somebody talks cybersecurity, I hit mistakes, and she pops up. So it's a way to, for somebody to say, boy, I'm talking to 200, 300 people. How do I get my information out? I can't hand business cards out anymore. Uh, and if I can really help somebody, that's what I want to do.
0: So cutting through the noise, more more ways of being creative. Right. Okay. Some folks here say, Brent, good advice, Aaron, when you made your comments. Um, someone said, I have no certs, and it was challenging to even get interviews in 2018. And that was uh, Chris, Chris Van Gorder. Um, Dan Camp says, people tend to focus on certifications on technical and minimal to no training effort on useful leadership and management. That is so true. Arabelle says, thank you for this talk. It's been really helpful advice. Eric, don't forget to send out the webinar certification for CEUs. When Aaron yeah. said, webinar.
3: get those credits. <laughs>
0: Oh man, Ben! Hey Ben, I at the very least need to record a video so I can see all the things in my background that need cleaning up. And I, I, I mean, I had on a couple months ago. We had some recruiters on, and we talked about the things that we see when we're doing virtual interviews. And this girl, uh, actually, a really good friend of mine, Danny, I think, was talking about somebody's underwear. <laughs> Like all kinds of stuff. (laughs) It's like I couldn't even focus on what he was saying. It was just like, is that really hanging up back there? So yes, being being aware of what's behind you is very, very, very important. How you look on the screen and all of those various things. Sarone says, usually Fortune five hundreds have training and development budgets. A lot of the money goes unused because employees simply don't know.
2: Take those trainings, go ask your manager, is there any money in the training budget? I doubt any manager is going to get ticked at you for asking that question and go and sign up and do something while you're working. That money is there. It's been allocated. If you don't spend it, it goes somewhere else. So spend it.
1: There's one other trick here that I did um, back when I was in uh, financial services, and that is... There are dollars that are associated for your company to allow you to go back and get a degree or get an advanced degree, and certain states have a limit of of that. Well, there are training companies that are accredited, so you can not only use your training budget dollars, but you can also use your HR's budget for a degree or diploma to do and take training like the Sands Institute that's an organization that that's training is accredited and counts for college credits so you can actually use your HR college credit budget to take training and get certifications that's a cool tip that's yeah. a great tip. That's an awesome tip.
2: Aaron's like dropping all kinds <laughs> of nuggets. Ooh, <laughs> secrets. Seriously, he's he's like he's like you know that you know when you go to Burger King and you get like a meal and then there's an onion ring and the fries and you get so excited about that one onion rings. That's what he's doing right now. We also are <laughs> getting a Whopper and fries, but there's onion, onion rings <laughs> in the fries
0: <laughs> and a shake. <laughs> there you go. says, "What I can see that recruiters tend to focus on the experience factor, and this is a big dilemma, especially when you're trying to." Shift into cybersecurity career. So, Ahmed, you're right, um, and this is why uh, this is why we're talking about you know breaking through the noise because when you apply, yes, me as a recruiter, I am not if if Aaron says say Aaron says okay, I want to hire you and your company to come in and find me, you know exactly what I'm looking for. Aaron's not going to pay me to find transitioning people and all this stuff. Right. He wants a very, very specific type of talent when it comes to X. Ex- and this this is uh the difference between like internal HR recruiters and external, you know, recruiters that that people will hire us to do this. Um so man, I'm actually in the process of Writing this book with Chris Fullon and um, Gary actually book hey, so, which is going to be awesome. And I talk about this in particular, this 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 recruiter component because it's really important for people to understand that um, if if you're internal inside of a company, well, there's a couple different things that go on. But an internal recruiter, yes, they may you know put your resume in the mix and say, well, this person applied or whatever. But an external recruiter that's getting paid to find Aaron a very very specific skill set. When it comes to transitioning people, it's not really you know that's not your best avenue. What James is talking about is your best avenue. Reaching out to Aaron directly is your best avenue. Mm-hmm. But going through trying to like get to a recruiter to get to to them, that's not going to work. You got to you got to go well, to well,
2: to the source. So I think Renee, you bring up a really good. Thing right now, which is we can lay and 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 clarify this whole situation very fast for everyone. And Ahmed, great point. So so here's the deal: recruiters are hired. I when I hire a recruiter like Renee, Renee needs to, the reason I go to Renee is because I've probably tried to do it on my own and couldn't find anyone. Right. I'm at my wits' end. I need to fill this role, mm-hmm. and I need someone who's going to break through the noise and go and find me the right person for the job. So a lot of people who are transitioning go, well, I'm going to go to a recruiter, wrong address, go to people who influence in the industry that can open doors for you, that can help you with your CV that can help you in gaining a little bit of experience, join a bunch of discord and slack channels and be part of something and start there. And then a recruiter will eventually come to you. I mean, I speak to, I think like three or four recruiters, um, you know, every week that kind of like reach out and either want to, you know, hire people for us or or work or e- like, hey, do you like where you're at, James? Like, do you want to hear about a great opportunity <laughs> I have for a CISO? And I'm like, yeah, thank you. And and so like, you have to understand that recruiters are really looking, are, are there because they're, they're like recruiters is the nice HR term. They're called headhunters. Because their job (laughs) is to hunt heads.
0: Exactly. Right? So send them
2: out to hunt. (laughs) We
0: we are poaching people out of their current positions. (laughs) Right, We don't go looking for people that are actively looking most of the time. Most of the time. Most of the time we're looking for people like James, like Aaron, like, you know, most of the folks that come on this podcast, they were like, well, Renee was trying to poach me. (laughs) Renee reached out to me about a job. You know, all that kind of stuff. So that's what what, you know, external recruiters do. And I will double down on the fact that James is absolutely right. That's not the avenue to go. The avenue to go is like doing this, how between James, Naomi and Chris Folon, and Dr. Dan and Aaron and all of us are literally putting people out there and sharing their information so that they can get hired. And we already did that for three people for the month of January. So you know we
2: got if, seven uh, more to go. So hopefully, Aaron, how many roles are you looking to fill? Yeah,
1: how many? <laughs> can, we, <laughs> can we fill them all right now? Five. Should be close to five. So five
2: spots. Five. Yeah. Okay. So if you um, want to, so we've always had people come on here and go. What about sales and marketing? What about sales and marketing? What? A, well, here we go, guys. Aaron here has sprinkled upon us like the onion rings, and <laughs> he is here to hire five people. Yep.
0: Five people, folks. This is going to be awesome. So Brent says that Aaron sprinkling onion rings everywhere. Uh, they want to know, is Aaron a new CISO panel member? He should be. Damn, Naomi, one day off and they already kicking you.
1: <laughs> people are forgetting Naomi. Like, no, no. She's 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 Naomi. the queen. I'm, I'm just the, in the court.
0: <laughs> yeah. She, she's the main. She's the She's the person that made this whole resume yeah. thing happen.
3: So yeah. you know, um, discussion discussion I had this morning with a couple of people was. Guy said, you know, uh, my marketing person is trying to get my company uh, visibility so that people will say we want to hire this company. I said, well, that's not my objective. My objective is to have somebody say we don't want to not hire this guy.
1: Right. We cannot
3: afford not to have this guy here. Right, and, and how. And the question is there's very little time to become to be able to communicate your value to somebody in an untraditional way that somebody doesn't think about it. We had this a couple of months back on this we, one of our calls was about how to get how to make yourself invaluable to the people who are searching for you. Mm-hmm. You don't have a lot of time to do it, yep you, you don't have a lot of time Yeah. Because so, uh, everybody, everybody sounds the same. Everybody who goes to a seminar on selling themselves comes out sounding like everybody else. And it's and what you were talking about with the diversity of thought. Some people are afraid to talk about diversity of thought. I think mm-hmm. instead of think differently.
0: Yeah, because to Aaron, I mean, Aaron made a good point. He he likes that. He wants different perspectives. He doesn't think it. He doesn't look at it as being combative, or he's like, "Oh, you think it? You know, you're thinking about it this way. You're thinking about it this way." Um, again, we were talking about this this concept with because Chris and I. I mean, this is like our mantra: the diversity of thought uh, part. And we were we're bringing up, you know, I would be looking at if if I'm looking at people who are who are trying to defend the network. I was. I I said to the the um the person who's working with us. I said I would be looking at people who are who who've done that. Who are you know black hat hackers or whatever you want to call them now. Um, but you know looking at people who potentially had been that that are thinking differently. That are thinking like the way a cyber criminal would think. Hopefully they're not anymore. <laughs> but but like you know these different types of folks because you want to know. I mean the Edward Snowden. These people. This is how they were able to infiltrate and get into the network so like you you don't all want to have a bunch of renee sitting around like hmm how do you how would you get in well this is the way i would do it you want people who are thinking completely differently well did you think about this did you think about all these different ways to get in so diversity of thought i think is just so so very important um pref Prath- mesh says he thinks mainly search is a gatekeeper oh did we talk about this while i was out I feel like I did. We, talk yeah, about we did. OK, cool. About the gatekeeper. So um, I know that one has uh, come up and then there were some other ones.
3: You know, um, I think this diversity of thought concept plays well into uh, uh, the coaching culture as opposed to the management culture. When when somebody turns around and says, I'm going to give you a project, go home and come back and tell me how you're going to handle this rather than wait for somebody to tell them how to handle it. You really get a sense of it it deals with independence. It deals with self-esteem. And then the question is the time and and what you need. So the way to map, and this was one of the challenges that HP had in remote management. How do you manage a team that's all over the world? It's hard to use traditional management to do that. Coaching culture works like a charm. Yeah.
2: Yeah. There's, there's a ton of ways to really enhance talent and find the right people and and kind of bring them into the mix. There's, the challenge I I think for a lot of people is just finding a way to get through the gatekeepers, right? Mm -hmm. And, And that's a challenge that people have in sales when they're trying to get a hold of someone and sell them something is, can I get past his assistant? Can I get on his schedule? Can I find a way to get that meeting, right? And that's a challenge when it comes to finding the job. How do I get to the hiring manager directly or how do I get to the HR person without an, AT, without an ATS system, without something standing in my way? And the the, the challenge here comes in overcoming this challenge comes by putting yourself out there, right? And we talk about it, I think, almost every single week. But it's, you know, being part of a community. It's commenting. It's, inter- it's, it's having people know who you are so people think of you. So people tag you and different things that you may not be able to see or are aware of. We live in a world where there's so much information. There's so much stuff happening. So there's no way one single person can be on top of all of that. You do need a community of people, and it's a community effort. And so we have to find a way. And I think we're finding this way now is getting out of our echo chambers, finding a diversity of people who never maybe thought of cyber because they go, well, I don't know how to use a computer. Well, we don't necessarily need you to know how to use a computer. You don't need to know Python to be in cyber, right? You don't need to be a pen tester, but you got to have a brain. You got to have soft skills. You've got to be able to communicate. You have to be able to show uh, creative problem solving. You know, some of the best, you know, some of the world's greatest problems weren't solved by experts in the field, but were solved by people who came from outside and brought a different angle to the people who were experts in the field. So just keep that in mind.
0: That's totally true. I remember a story. Um, and I can't remember what the, the whole context of the story, but it was um, trying to speed up surgery or trying to speed up like the, the way, um, the way surgeons worked on, uh, patients and getting them in and out and how yeah. how how the how that was resolved and somebody else would, can help with this. But how it was resolved is they brought in people who um, worked with race car drivers. Does anybody mm-hmm. else know? That yeah, story? the pit crews. Right, I, the pit crews. Go yeah. ahead. Go I have it. a
1: different story. No, I have, a, I have a different story that's very similar to this. It's yeah. called the Mythical Man Month. Have you ever heard of it? No. So, no. Um, oh. The premise is that nine women can't make a baby in one month. <laughs> right like no matter how many resources you put on something eventually it just it's just going to take time to bake something um, and you so, can get you can get as efficient as you want but you know it's ne- it's not necessarily always about just throwing more resources at it um, i but- love that. <laughs> <laughs> that is you know what there's somewhere
2: someone now that just heard you say that and went huh science mm-hmm. here i come <laughs> laboratory in cambodia here i come can we get right. nine women to make a baby in one month?
0: <laughs> right. Right. That is awesome. Arian Bell says, "I would say that competitions really help me fully understand the concepts that tie into certifications." So again, with the with the certification discussion, um, and I'll I'll be honest that I've I've worked with a number of leaders and a number of managers, and very very often uh, certifications are not a big deal. Now in the government contracting space a lot of times you have to have at least a cert one but it's not a specific typically not specific you know depending on the role especially when it's more on the entry level side Nef- definitely not like you know you don't have to have all these they, they don't always ask for CISSP they ask for a certification I tell people um you know the, the more junior talent security plus is usually enough to get you in the door initially um right. and right. so I've had I've had a number of leaders. I mean, I placed a ton of people last year, and not many of them had certifications. That's not always the be-all end all. It's about the experience that the person brought to the table. It was nice. It's a it's a bonus. And I'll reiterate what we talked about last week with the resumes. You know, the experience is the cake. So I, I keep saying this over and over again to folks. Certifications are like icing and cherries and sprinkles and all that, but the experience, the actual what you have done, how you can communicate what you have done, that is the meat and potato, that is the cake, that is the part that you know leaders are typically looking for. So um, more comments here. They said that they want Aaron in addition to Naomi. Good cleaning that up, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> That's good.
2: <laughs> Naomi's watching this. Going okay, Naomi Chris.
0: <laughs> Naomi's like, who's making these comments? So Eric says, I can't express how much I agree with James. Whatever you were saying, James, we we agree with like ninety nine point nine percent of what you talked about. Let's see. Tony says webcasts do help. Um, it would be best to learn how to socialize yourself in the industry, but it is not easy.
2: So. I, I, I disagree, Tony. I think our industry is very welcoming. Like I've never been, sh- you don't typically get shunned away unless you're uh like completely off putting kind of in your approach to people. But if you just, write someone a note and you say hey i'm looking to do this are you able to help me or can you point me in the right direction most people will answer those calls yeah
0: yeah kratmesh says he's learned a lot from us i have upcoming interviews for a senior role in cybersecurity. it would be really helpful if everyone can give some kinds of tips
1: Mm. yeah um find out what tool set the the company is using usually this is public and or um You know, the company's logo is on somebody's major site like Palo Alto Networks or, you know, everybody uses a firewall and everybody uses a certain common set of technologies. So find out what technology that company is using and get whatever information you can on them. Not ethical hacking or something like that, but go to their website, view the source, see where it's hosted, see if it's hosted in AWS or something like that. And, you know, come with little intelligence nuggets about, well, I see you're a Palo Alto customer. You know, what firewalls do you use? How up-to-date are they? That, that sort of thing. Oh, I see you host your website in AWS. You know, how have you configured that? What have you done to ensure that, you know, the DevOps team is doing things correctly and show that you've, you've taken some care to think about their InfoSec, um,
3: their, their InfoSec pr- program there? I love that. I found sometimes it's, it's, uh, it's interesting to ask somebody a couple of questions. One is, what do you need to have happen right now that's not happening? And how much is it costing you not to have it happen? That's one. And the other is, imagine for a moment I give you a magic wand and you wave it and you're in 2026. Tell me what your company looks like in 2026. Where do you want to be? And let's look backwards from there to now to find anything that could possibly disrupt that. Just a different way of thinking. It's what people are using on on my line of business here. And it's getting people's attention because it stops – it stops a negative pattern of, of thought process.
0: I used that this week, and the person was stumped. I literally took exactly what Dan said, and I used it, and they were like, huh? <laughs>
2: 2026, we don't even know if we're going to be in business in 2022. What are you talking about?
3: <laughs> so, you, know, you know the interesting part about that, and that's where it comes back to the sports stuff I deal with. Uh, this is about Dreaming. Once somebody puts a dream into their subconscious mind, they don't have to work so hard to get there because the dream drags them toward it, as opposed to them having to struggle, goal after goal after goal. I see this with athletes all the time. You talk to somebody who's in a high position, even you guys on this call, at what point in time did you ever say, boy, this is really what I'd like to be doing, and here you are. Mm -hmm. And so – and but – so it's making use of the subconscious mind. I I just had a had a young woman who was going. That's something I want to bring up to you guys. I have a client who wants to go into the Navy or into the Air Force as a dentist. She's a soph she's a junior in in Georgetown, and we're looking for somebody who's got some connection that can give her some advice about military recruiting. So if anybody has anything like that, please get back to me. I
0: mean, that's James.
3: Yeah. Um, <laughs> one, if she wants to be
2: in the military as a dentist and she's a dentist, um, have her go to the Air Force. She'll have better food. Um, And that's where it all starts, (laughs) right? She's not trying to be a warrior. So first of all, think of what you're going to eat. Air Force, (laughs) chow hall, best chow hall in the military. Whenever I was deployed and they're like, hey, you're going to be spending the next four days at this Air Force base. I'm like, yes, (laughs) yes. (laughs) Um, celebration. You know, oh.
3: <laughs> when you, if you're boiling it down to the bottom line, <laughs> is just figure what you're gonna eat, and then pick your branch. Yes, right. Like just,
2: especially if you're not trying to be like, if, if you're not going to be in combat or intel, right. So if you're not going to be combat and intel, and you're going to go do what we call, you know, a military job, dentist. In the military is an important job, but nonetheless, you're kind of, you know, you're you're not really at the war front having a fight, fu- you know, you're, you're supporting the, 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 soldiers. And so, and we need those people, but if you're going to pick a, a place to go, you go to the air force, better food, you go to the Navy, you might get stationed overseas. You might. So if you're looking to travel, go to the Navy, cause with the Navy, you're almost, I don't want to say guaranteed, but predominantly you might, you might get to travel a little bit with the Navy than you would with the air force.
3: Okay.
0: I wanted to add in uh, for Preth mesh when with his um with the uh, the tips one more tip that I think people don't necessarily pay attention to is when you go on the company's website and you go to their career page. Hopefully, everyone goes to the career page. The career page kind of tells you exactly the, what they think of themselves. So you know, if it's a company that aligns with what you have, you want to mirror that. So, you can lift the the verbiage, you can take the language off the career page. So, when Aaron's talking about the tech stack, you know, from a soft skills perspective and how you are culture, you know, how it will align culturally, how you would align culturally to the organization, that's typically on their career page. So, it is um, almost noon. James has to run. We've been here for almost an hour. This has been amazing. Thank you, Aaron, so so much for joining us and for coming on here. Um, Infosec hires hashtag Infosec hires. We will tag and put Aaron's info and his jobs and stuff on the um, on the on LinkedIn and reach out to him if you are interested in his roles. All right, everybody, have a good Thursday and a good rest. Thank of Thank you. See you guys Thank next. You. Week.
2: Brilliant. Bye, guys.
0: Bye. Bye.